1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Week 10 edition here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine. We are one man short, Tybo down. So it is just me and Mr. Uh, Dank Stats, Scott Barrett. Uh, Scott, uh, how's it going uh, for Week 10?
2: What's up, Britt? Yeah, pretty excited to uh, be the star of the show tonight.
1: Yeah, it's all you, all your cool charts, all the things you can't tweet anymore. Are they gonna let you talk about these things on the actual show since you're like paid to do this now?
2: Yeah, of course. Yes. So yeah, we can <laughs> we can highlight my charts today.
1: Yeah, so we got a lot of fun stuff here. Tyler, uh, he had a little, you know, like a work emergency where he had to do something. So just me and Scott. So if you like, uh if you like uh redheaded people, uh you're gonna have to tune in next week uh, to see Tyler on that. So uh I guess, Scott, we're going to do a little bit different this week. Since just me and Scott, we're going to do a little bit more back and forth. We've got all our plays and all that. Let's have some fun with it this Thursday game, Scott, because I was reading, you know, I dig through all the stuff on Pro Football Focus for the show, and I ran across, we talk about it every week, Pat Thorman's Pace article, and he's basically projecting this to be one of the highest-paced games of the week. Seattle throws a ton. We don't think Arizona is going to be able to pound, what, 700 rush attempts with Adrian Peterson against the Seattle defensive line. That's probably not going to work. Uh, so I think there's some pretty good fantasy plays in this. Uh, let's start on the Arizona side. Uh, it's probably not Drew Stanton who's, who's going to be chucking the ball probably 35 times tonight. Uh, do you see anything on the Arizona side worth using?
2: Um, Not, not really. Like you said, definitely not Drew Stanton. Uh, the wide receivers, so – Uh, Richard Sherman's going to play Sheldon Richardson's going to play, but Earl Thomas is not that bumps up Larry Fitzgerald ever so slightly 49% of Thomas's targets over the past two seasons have come against slot wide receivers. Um, you know, Seattle appeared far more, uh, vulnerable, uh, to the slot prior to that Deshaun Watson game, uh. Larry Fitzgerald did have a 30% target market share last week, nine targets Uh, production wasn't really there, but he did account for 40% of Stanton's total yards and 100% of his touchdowns since from 2015 to 2016. It was a small sample size. He's cheap though. So he's probably a good, but not great play. Uh, He's the only player with more than three receptions over the team's past two games. So he gonna pass on everyone else. Uh, like you said, Adrian Peterson is 32 years old, coming off with of a 39 touch performance on a short week against the Seattle defense, ranking sixth best in fantasy points per game, allowed to opposing running backs. It's going to be a hard no for me. Uh, might play Andre Allington if in the Monday, Thursday slate, but otherwise, no one on Arizona's side really stands out.
1: Yeah, I'm just, uh, I, I, I was talking pre show with you. I'm trying to trade. I'm in this one season long league. I have Julio Jones. I tried to trade for Adrian Peterson, and I got shut down today for trading for Adrian Peterson off of his massive game. It just blows my mind. Um, But I, I, like you, uh, not really on much in this Arizona game. I'm looking at Seattle, and I don't know if DraftKings thought Doug Baldwin was going to be matched up against Patrick Peterson, but he has this massive game, and then he gets a $500 price reduction. He's going up against Arizona. I'm looking at the PFF grades. Tyron Matthau doesn't look really good this year. If he gets matched up against Justin Bethel, boom, that's like a touchdown automatically. Russell Wilson's chucking it everywhere. The Eddie Lacy experiment, I mean, it worked for like five carries until Eddie Lacy got hurt, and then Rawls came in. We've got ProCise active. I could just see Seattle going, you know what, we're we're in Arizona. We're just going to air it out all day long, the $6,400 price tag on Baldwin. uh, On a week, we're searching for – for pretty good value right now. Uh, I think that's one of the biggest locks in this Thursday slate I've seen basically all season.
2: Yeah. And uh, you know, there, there is like maybe a small concern Patrick Peterson could move to the shot, the slot. Uh, he did it at one point this season, but he's he very rarely moves there more than like 18% in any given game. I think he's only done that once or twice. But uh, Baldwin actually roasted him uh, the last time he played last year. I think he had four targets, four completions for 48 yards against him, uh, most of that coming from the slot. But yeah, he's going to be safe. Uh, Arizona's allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to opposing slot. Uh, no, 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 no. The seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing slot wide receivers. That's definitely uh, a position of the field where they are more vulnerable. Uh, I'm with you. I like him a lot as well.
1: Oh, What about the running game? With It, it looks like we're going to get some value this week in guys like Valal uh, Powell we'll talk about in a little bit. And you like Orleans Darkwell, we're t- we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it looks like we have some running back value. If Alfred playing, Morris, too. Yeah, Alfred. Uh, That's one's a little bit more debatable for me. I'll take my <laughs> shots on the other guys. Um, I don't know. Are you messing with uh, Thomas Rawls, 3,400 on DraftKings? That's about as low as you can get for a starting, in quotations, running back. We've got uh, C.J. Procise back in the past game. I think this offense is going to take another step forward once Procise, if he can stay healthy for more than a quarter. Um, But he's 3,900. you got McKissick in there. I mean, Rawls 3,400 as a starting running back in the NFL in line for what? If they get up in this game, 15 touches, that seems pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I get the argument. There's less of a committee now, too, with, with Lacey obviously out. Uh, game script could get out of hand, and and you just start handing the ball off to Thomas Rawls because why not? You're up by 22 points, and it's the third quarter. Um, still, I have, a, I have a really hard time going that direction. Rawls is our third-worst-rated running back this season. He's playing behind our third-worst-rated run blocking unit he's failed to top 40 yards in any game this season um i i don't see myself playing him at all uh, this week
1: the paul richardson's the tyler lockett I'm, I'm a little more concerned with them that one of those guys gets patrick peterson i don't know i don't see i i, I think there's going to be enough passive volume or one of them especially whoever gets matched up against justin bethel will probably have a good game um i don't know do you have a, a preference between those two if you choose to pick
2: uh, yeah, I'd lean Lockett's direction with Richardson banged up, but uh, don't really feel too great about either of them. Uh, the interesting thing about this Seattle offense is that uh, for, for years, so uh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive play caller's first season in Seattle two, two years ago, they were easily the most run-heavy team. They ran a super slow pace um and passed very uh infrequently and then last season he set career highs in passing plays per game passing percentage plays per game and he set new career highs this season as well um and they've just abandoned the run I mean I don't blame them given the state of that offense but I'm still like always kind of nervous that they're going to go back to uh their their run first uh philosophy. Uh, if they can get it working, which I'm not sure they can. But, yeah, because of that new shift in offensive paradigm, we've seen Doug Baldwin rank top 10 in expected fantasy points per game. He ranked top 10 in actual fantasy points per game last season, but he ranked, like, uh, 28th in expected. This is this guy who's just made his bread and butter on efficiency, but now Mm -hmm. he's getting volume too. we We're also seeing guys like Lockett and Richardson creep up into the – uh uh high end wide receiver three range in terms of expected fantasy points. Um better than their their price tag for sure, but uh uh those guys are just uh okay, not great plays for me.
1: Russell Wilson, the highest price quarterback on DraftKings this week. His pass attempts 45, 41, 39, 37. You just talked about kind of how they're upping their pass game volume. I don't know. I don't usually play The highest price quarterback, and I usually don't play the highest price quarterback when he's on the island game on Thursday night. On the (laughs) Thursday slate, it seems like it's probably going to draw some ownership uh, after a couple of good games here. Uh, I'm fading him. I don't expect a bad game, um, but just from, I don't know, the highest price and the ownership being boosted, I'm doing a responsible fade tonight, Scott.
2: He's the, the top quarterback in my rankings this week, and I feel good about that, so I wouldn't fault anyone for playing him. Uh, I'm not really sure what I do. I honestly never play the Thursday night slate just because uh, after listening to enough of these monologues, I know that Thursday's I'm playing kind – of
1: I'm going to play Doug ba- – I'm going to jam Doug Baldwin on my Thursday cash
2: team. Dank Baldwin? All right. All right. I like that.
1: Dank Baldwin's going to be on my team when it's all said and done. So uh, Jimmy Graham, too, the other guy, I don't know, a couple of years ago, tight ends against Arizona it was a thing. You just picked one. It was like the Giants and the Browns this year, which we'll talk about later. Um, Jimmy Graham, he's getting a lot of red zone work right now. I think he's up there in terms of uh, end zone targets on the season. Uh, What's he got? Uh, Four touchdowns over his last four games. Can you play him against Arizona?
2: Um, Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, touchdown dependent option. Uh, Have him top three in my tight end rankings. Again, because of he's seeing all those targets inside the 5, 10, 20, Yard lines, end zone targets. It's it's either him and Dez for first in any of those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, like we know Patrick Peterson's going to shut down one side of the field. Uh, Doug Baldwin should do work in the slot. And then uh, Jimmy Graham's your red zone option. He's a fine play. Uh, uh, I think there's specifically three tight ends I like a lot more. So I'm, I'd, I'd have zero. Or, or low ownership to him but the play makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think Titans is going to be pretty spread out this week. Uh, I do have some inactives. Uh, Prosize active, Paul Richardson active, Richard Sherman active, Earl Thomas inactive. Basically, everything we thought was going to happen in there. Uh keep your eye on Prosize. I don't know if it's going to happen today. Um but uh, I expect him to be a big part of this offense. Uh, as long as he can stay on the field for more than a quarter at a time, that's always kind of his thing. Um, all right. So that'll wrap up uh, some of our Thursday analysis, Scott, let's jump in to some quarterbacks and how about that? Now I was kind of scrambling last minute for Tyler trying to figure out which guys I wanted to talk about here. So I'll let you hit off. Uh, with, I'll let you start off. Uh, you've got Matthew Stafford. I think if you have the money and I think some people are going to have the money with guys like Powell and and maybe Alfred Morris make it into people's lineups today. Uh, Pretty much any statistic you look at, uh, Matt Stafford, if he comes away from this game with less than 250 and two touchdowns, uh, I'm going to be pretty sad about that output.
2: Yeah. So, uh, so just looking from like at my rankings versus salary, I guess Stafford is my top quarterback. He's, he's in a smash spot against Cleveland. Cleveland ranks uh, worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They're, like the most glaring run funnel, uh, I mean pass funnel defense that we've, we've seen in a long time. He ranked second best in yards per carry allowed and second worst in opposing passer rating. Um, Dalton, Flacco, Keenum, Brissett all had their best or second best weeks against Cleveland. Really only Marcus Mariota, uh, who was hobbled with a hamstring injury, disappointed. Uh, the, the only real issue with Stafford is, is who to stack him with. And I, I do see this as an issue. Marvin Jones is seeing insane volume ahead of Antonio Brown or any other wide receiver in the league over the past month of the season. But he gets set to draw Jason McCourty, your number two graded cornerback this season. Golden Tate's up against Brian Body Calhoun in the slot. He's our number 12 graded cornerback this season. But Cleveland's also allowing the most fantasy points per target to opposing slot wide receivers. Uh, we know they're hemorrhaging points to the tight end and outside wide receiver twos. It's hard to trust TJ Jones. It's hard to trust uh, Eric Ebron and, and Fells, Darren Fels, who rank 31st and 32nd at the position and fantasy points per game, respectively. Uh, so stacking options are tough, but just the matchup makes a ton of sense for Stafford. There's a few other guys I have in that range as well, though.
1: I'm telling you, this is uh, Eric Ebron, undertaker.gif revival week when he sits up (laughs) out of the coffin this is eric this is what we've been waiting for for like five years out of eric ebron this is gonna be his week i like him quite a bit i know the snaps aren't always there but it's a tight end against cleveland so if you had ebron and best ball i even think for dfs this week uh maybe more tournaments uh but you can shot take on him a little bit
2: he's he's outscored darren fells by one point this year despite seeing 20 more one targets. Of, one of them's
1: going to have a touchdown this week. It's it's like almost guaranteed. If
2: it's a touchdown, it's probably Felsa. He's getting all that usage near the end zone.
1: Uh, so one of my studs, I obviously like uh, if you have the money. Dak's slightly interesting. I haven't processed all the information with Zeke out yet. Uh, but I like Cam Newton. We've been talking about him for a little bit. I've, I've been calling him Scam Newton for that first part of the year because he wasn't running, Scott. But the running's back. He's got at least seven attempts. Uh, over his past six weeks, he's got three touchdowns uh, in there. Dolphins, too, uh, pass-funnel defense, 30th and pass DVOA. They're fifth against the run in DVOA here. It looks like the offense, they're trying to get everything going on here, a little bit more deep passing with Samuel. They got rid of Benjamin. I think it helps him out. Now, Pat Thorman in that Pace article thinks this could be a little bit of a slow game. Um, but that's, I think, Cam, the rushing upside. If he's getting 60 rushing yards – with a 50% chance at a touchdown. Uh, he has some of the highest floor and ceiling combos you'll see of any quarterback right now.
2: Yeah, I get it. I mean, it, it's the same reason I was on him against Tampa Bay. The matchup's awesome. Uh, Miami's really bad secondary. Uh, but but I'm going to make the same arguments that you made to me last time, and that's just that he does not look good as a passer. He had 137 total yards last week 154 the week before that uh he has six interceptions to two touchdowns over his last four games uh but i get i get it the rushing production is there 11 9 11 9 carries um 86 yards 44 yards 50 yards 71 yards in the ground that's huge uh definitely raises the ceiling like i said the matchup's good. Uh, I think he's a risky play, but he's always a strong tournament play because of what he does on the ground.
1: Uh, Let's get to your uh, value quarterback here. You've got – I mean, whenever I click this guy's name, and I think it's been this way for about two years, Scott, it never works out. And I've almost single-handedly avoided him this whole season. But the pace of this game is going to be out of this world. Both teams uh, play high pace. Eli Manning week. Is this, is this, is this a true thing that you have written
2: down here? So uh, playing Eli Manning never works out for you, but I, I literally think the last time I, I played more than one Eli Manning lineup like three years ago <laughs> uh, was the, was the, the game where he threw like six touchdown passes against Drew Brees. Um, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think Josh McCown's a better play. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, might be a better – it's, it's at least an argument. Uh, I think I think Tyler originally wrote down McCown, which is why I went with Eli. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, let me make the argument for Eli. Uh, so you're talking about Pat Thorman's terrific pace article. Pace should be high in this game. Both teams rank top three in plays per game allowed. Uh, both offenses rank top three in percentage of passing plays called. Uh, but teams are running on the 49ers at the highest rate in the, in the league. It's a big reason why the 49ers are allowing only the 13th most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. But uh, they are if you're looking at that, they're way worse than that. They, they rank dead last in team pass coverage grade. They're surrounding the third most fantasy points per drop back. And luckily for us, the Giants do not have any semblance of a ground game, though I do like Orleans Darkwood this way. Dark I, know, well. I know,
1: I know. He's the savior of the Giants this
2: year. <laughs> But, uh, so basically, a pass funnel offense versus uh, a run funnel defense, but is also like one of the bottom three worst pass defenses in the league. Uh, he has two obvious stacking candidates and Shepard and Engram in that order. He's super cheap. Uh, yeah, I, I like his potential this week. All
1: right, so I'm going to counter your Eli, who I like because he's he's cheap and I definitely. I don't know if I can say trusting Eli Manning over Ryan Fitzpatrick, if, if that's an actual statement someone should make, but I think that's how I feel this week. I'm not sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm going to counter you with Josh McCown, an actual good cornerback against the defense. That's not very good. Tampa Bay's allowing the seventh most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They're 31st in past DBOA, so that stinks. Uh, they're allowing a 46% success rate to running backs out of the backfield. That's 21st in the league. A 54% success rate to tight ends, that's 25th in the league. And a 59% success rate to wide receivers, that's dead last in the league. So why am I saying that? Because whoever he throws the damn ball to, it's going to be a successful play in my opinion. Uh, Also, I like Tampa Bay. There's no pass rush. Lowest adjusted sack rate in the league. McCown's got the 13th best quarterback rating when kept clean on the season. That's ahead of guys like Matt Ryan, Tyrod Taylor, and Big Ben. You know you beat Tampa Bay through the air. Uh, I think McCown, 6,100 on DraftKings. Uh, I'd like if, if he was like 5,900, but uh, I think 6,100 is a pretty good price.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you for all the, the reasons you just cited. Uh, second worst in pressures per drop back. He ranked fourth worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. And McCown has been great this year, and, and especially recently, 16.9. 18.3, 25.5, and 25.3 fantasy points over his last four games. Uh, I do think he is a, a better play than Eli, even relative to Price. Uh, but I do like both
1: guys. $1,000. $1,000 on DraftKings for a quarterback is a lot this year. I can just – I already see the 50-yard bomb to Robbie Anderson
2: working on <laughs> I already
1: see that happening. Uh, right. you're, you're dud. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins uh, at home against Minnesota. What's concerned – is the offensive line – healthy targets, a combination of everything, just too much for you.
2: Yeah. It's the offensive line. So in back-to-back weeks, he was without three starting offensive linemen. He was without uh, also a backup last week. Uh, and over that span, he totaled just 18.8 fantasy points and two like decent matchups. And now he faces a Vikings defense that surrendered just one QB one week all season.
1: So uh, I i don't know taking quarterbacks against Minnesota, not something I typically do. So uh, I'm kind of in agreement with you, not too on Kirk Cousins. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to preface this by saying this, this Tyler wrote a couple things in our sheet before he got ruled out for tonight. (laughs) Uh, So this is Tyler's view. So I'm I'm prefacing this, but I thought he had some good points. I didn't really have a dud quarterback. I didn't have enough time. So I stuck this in here from Tyler. So Tyler, if you're out there, and if Jared Goff goes off this week again, everybody can blame Tyler for it. So he didn't like Goff, one, because his price is expensive. You know, do you want Goff at 6700 on DraftKings uh, or Tom Brady, uh, even though it's against Denver? That's kind of an argument he had there. And he was saying prior to last yard's big game, he had top 20, 20 DraftKings points just once for the year. He's worried they're big home favorites. And he's really worried against Houston, too, because you don't have to pass to beat Houston. You can just run it down their throat. He's worried. This is a huge girly game. Not a lot of passing. Uh, I think uh, the 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 Rams' offense is plenty good enough to put up plenty of points. Um, but Scott, what's your take on this? At, at basically what seems like an insane salary for Jared Goff? I could play Ben Roethlisberger off a bye indoors against Indianapolis for a hundred less. That sounds like a lot better to me.
2: Yeah. So. I mostly agree with him, but let me make the counter argument uh, just for fun. Uh, so, so he's worried that the team won't need to pass that much. Um, but the Texans ranked sixth best in run DVOA. Uh, wow. I just used a DVOA stat. That's pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> they rank first uh, against running backs and fantasy points per game over expectation uh Fournette and hunt were the only running backs to rush for over 60 yards against them uh and it took them a combined 55 carries the only allowed one rushing touchdown all season uh i'm with him in that i love todd Gurley, but he's i think going to be at massive ownership uh so th- those are some few stats that maybe should have you a little nervous um i don't know he also came out last week um but that guy is now injured. I don't know. It's confusing, but uh, Goff has never been, or this season at least, he hasn't been a volume guy anyway. He ranks fifth in fantasy points per dropback and 31st in dropbacks per game. Um, again, he might not need to pass much favored by an 11 and a half, uh, but the Texans defense is surrendering the most fantasy points per dropback of all defenses. So it looks like a spot where an efficient non-volume guy could smash anyway. Um, still, at the end of the day, I'm mostly not on Gaff, but uh, I think that would be the argument for him.
1: That's the price. Got on him last week. Congrats to you. You picked a really good spot. Huge price increase this week. I don't know. I th- kind of think you're chasing more of a girly game for me, though. In my opinion. So uh, I'm going to start at running back because you're just telling you just want to play all the expensive guys, and I have a hard time arguing against you. But I don't care. What the price of any of the other guys are, Scott, I'm playing Le'Veon Bell. I'm going to have plenty of value, I think, by the time the week opens up. Uh, 104 opportunities over his past three games. This is like unheard of fantasy football opportunities for this guy. He's rested off a bye week. That seems pretty good. And Big Ben, too, rested off a bye week for a quarterback. It always has these nagging injuries. I just think Pittsburgh goes in and just rolls Indianapolis. Uh, they also lost... Uh, Indy did Henry Anderson It was like this freak injury he was PFF's 38th graded interior defender that's going to open it up a little bit better for Bell Uh, the Colts 22nd in rush DVOA oops I said the word again Um, but they're also (laughs) dead last in DVOA against running backs on pass plays Uh, I don't care what he costs I don't think if he was 10-5 on DraftKings I'd give it a second look but 9,800 I really don't care I'm just playing basically every lineup I've
2: yeah, but, but here's the thing. So, so you're citing uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell as having this amazing workload, which is true. Leads all players in expected fantasy points per game. But Melvin Gordon uh, leads over the past month of the season. That's despite dealing with a foot injury in week eight, a shoulder injury in week seven. Uh, you know, the Jaguars' run defense is going to be a little bit better with Marcel Darius coming in there. Uh, I check and see if he's practicing. You, you
1: want to quote, quote me, Melvin Gordon, against the Giants – against the Raiders and against New England? I mean, he had a bad game against Denver, but that's what what you're coming at me with.
2: I mean, mean, Denver's a tough matchup for sure, but I'm saying volume has been better than uh, Bell over the past month of the season in terms of expected fantasy points. Uh, The Jaguars, again, they're getting Darius back, but the ranked second worst in yards per carry allowed, first in opposing pass rating. It looks like a run funnel defense. And then LeSean McCoy, uh, so he was right up there with Bell in terms of volume outside of uh, a bizarro like last week seeing 12 carries and on one target that made zero sense. But in the four games before that, saw 27, 23, 19, and 20 carries, 7, 7, 9, and 3 targets. Uh, ownership should be much lower in a game that Vegas thinks remains close. Saints ranked ninth worst in yards per carry allowed, third most in targets per game to opposing running backs. Maybe uh, no one's going to be on Ingram, Jordan Howard plus Bears defense stacks. I mean, there's just a ton of uh, cheaper than Bell, but still high-priced running backs to like this week.
1: Yeah, I like the mid-tier. I want we'll hit on Bell or uh, on Hyde and Howard in a second uh, here. It was, we'll have a little bit extra. Check. I didn't. I didn't even
2: get to Gurley or Fournette either. Those guys. Yeah, are nice I spots think as well.
1: all all these guys are good. I just I've seen I've seen the Todd Gurley vanish from the game script they put up 51 points last week and I mean he had two touchdowns but 19 opportunity we've seen LaShawn McCoy random they're like hey, let's not give our best player the football for half the game last week I don't know ever since Le'Veon Bell had the game against Jacksonville we're like hey maybe you should give me the ball more uh they're just like hey here's 104 opportunities uh, I think they know to give the ball to Le'Veon Bell I'm a little concerned I, I think the Jaguars are going to feed Leonard Fournette I don't really have that concern I'm just concerned coaches do stupid things sometimes, Scott. And I don't think that's gonna to happen to Bell this
2: week. Yeah, I don't think that that you ever really have that risk with with Bell, but you are paying a thousand more for that premium. Uh, and probably higher ownership than a guy like McCoy. Uh the thing with, with Gurley, so like I, I already cited why Texans might be a bad run defense still. I don't really see that. Uh and and Vegas is projecting a ton of points for the Rams. I think the lead in, in implied total uh, and he leads all players and in opportunities inside the 10 20 and five yard lines per game uh, and in market share uh, we did see Malcolm uh, Brown come in and get 15 carries in garbage time last week but he's now out for the rest of the year uh, for is as a guy who I'm, I'm never really on as much as the rest of the field but he does have a fairly, fairly sexy matchup this week. He seems
1: um, like a player too, that could get angry for the fact he got benched for maybe missing a team photo and like a, an ankle massage or something like that. Seems like he might be angry about that.
2: They also have a, yeah, I, and him <laughs> running angry, him running angry is definitely scary. Uh, that, that line gives me the creeps though. Uh, the, the Jaguars are only favored by three and a half at home. I'm not sure why.
1: The Chargers are going to the Super Bowl. They like The Chargers are good. <laughs> they, they lost a bunch of fluky games on missed field,
2: field goals. The Chargers are a good team. That's been, yeah, but that's been three years in a row we're, we're saying that, where they're a good team that's just unlucky and, and dealing with bad injuries, uh, which is probably true. But still, I, I, think, I think they should smash, and, I, and I'm kind of annoyed that Fournette and this defense – Only favored by three and a half. Actually, that Dallas line was, like, the most concerning to me. They were dogs by two and a half. I was, like, prepared to to bet a bunch of money on it, Uh, and then Zeke gets suspended. I'm like, oh, that's why Vegas is smarter than me. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Vegas, they know they have the inside info before it even happens. So a couple other guys. Let's talk uh, value running backs because – I don't know, if Matt Forte's out, I don't see how I'm not just jamming in Bilal Powell. Now you mentioned, this is why too, that yards per carry against Jacksonville, take out that Bilal Powell fluky run. Uh, Let's do that and see what their yards per carry is. I don't know if you can do that. Uh, But I don't think Forte plays, and as bad as Tampa Bay is against the pass, they're still 22nd in DVOA versus the run and 29th in DVOA against running backs out of the backfield. And if you go over to Sharp Football, they allow an above average success rate Uh, to running back passes out of the backfield. We saw what Powell did when Forte missed week four, 190 total yards on 26 opportunities and a touchdown. Now granted what 80 of that and the touchdown, I think was that fluky play, but he was still doing okay here. He's 10th in the league in yards per carry at 4.7. You probably didn't know that. He's got a higher PFF elusive rating than Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon. I I can see Melvin Gordon because no, he doesn't really make anybody miss, but uh, it is higher than Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so I just think Powell, if Forte's out, I know they have McGuire, Scott, uh, but I'm going to be jamming in Powell. I think he gets 20 opportunities pretty easily this week.
2: Uh, yeah, you're citing some, some Bilal Powell efficiency stats, and uh, he, like, ranked top five in pretty much everything last season as well. Yards per carry, yards after contact, missed tackles, forced per attempt, missed fat tackles, forced per touch, breakaway percentage, elusive rating, all that stuff, uh, crushed it. The concern with him was always volume, and I'm not sure it's going to be too great uh this week uh he only saw 67 percent of the carries uh last time Forte missed uh only I think like 80 percent of the targets uh he would have had a super unproductive day outside of that one run Uh, I think he's a great play way too cheap for sure uh I like him more than Alf Morris, but I'm not sure by how much. I think it's actually fairly close.
1: How about more than the savior of the Giants season, Orleans Darkwell? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I think there's, I think there there needs to be a, a legitimate argument for him. Uh, the, it's one of those cases where the matchup is too good and volume is kind of predictable. Over his last three games, he's seen 46 carries, 63% of the carries, six targets. Um And both of the team's two carries inside the 10-yard line. The 49ers are allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs for the third consecutive season. They're allowing uh, 4.6 more than the next closest team. When just looking at the fantasy points allowed to a team's highest scoring running back, their 22.1 fantasy points per game allowed over the past two seasons is more than anyone but David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. But the top value play is the guy we seem to be talking about every single week, and that's Carlos Hyde. Uh, his volume just never uh, is always way greater than uh, what his price tag seems to be, especially on DraftKings. Uh, he ranks 12th among running backs and carries, second in targets, fifth in opportunities inside the 10 yard line, fifth in expected fantasy points per game, 11th in actual fantasy points per game. Price tag well below this but his, his workload has also been super consistent outside yeah. of just
1: one uh, let me let me jump in here i want to ask because i was looking at this and i was like the 49ers bethard's horrible and the 49ers are horrible but they're favored in this game so i'm looking at 11 targets nine targets and eight targets and six targets are those gonna like if the, if this is like 21 to 20 is he are they gonna run them or do we want all those targets like i want the targets on on DraftKings. i want that ppr
2: Uh, so, so I I actually, I think they're, they're dogs by two and a half or or at the very least, it's, it's going to be super close. Uh, I wouldn't be too worried about game script getting out of hand. And I mean, Pierre Garçon's out, Trent Taylor's out, George Kittle's out, uh, and just watching last week's game, it just seemed like Hyde was the, uh, first look, first read on every single play. Um, Giants, their defense, like is, is not good and it's not good against the ground you have surrendered 100 yards rushing to every team they face, but Denver. That's including teams like Seattle. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I think Hyde's a great play. The Giants, too.
1: I feel like the players don't want to play for Ben McAdoo. They they do these strange things, and he's suspending some of their better players. And I think they've had enough. <laughs> And I don't know, I think the Giants have almost quit on him and want, I'm surprised he made it through this week, uh, still an NFL head coach. And I think if they don't like trounce uh, the 49ers, if, if the 49ers somehow beat them by like 10 points, I think McAdoo's probably going to get fired. And I don't think the players want him as their head coach right now. So, hey, I am with you. That's mine for uh, Carlos. What about, I was, I was debating too, Jordan Howard, because... The Packers are just horrible, Scott. They have no offense anymore, and you know the Bears are just going to come out and give him the ball 20 to 25 times. Legitimately, he had 36 carries in a game already in like a close competitive game. Uh, This is a pretty tough decision between Hyde or Howard. Do you have any – are you going to lean Hyde on that one?
2: Uh, At price, definitely Hyde. I think I have Howard uh, ahead in my – half-point PPR rankings, not mm-hmm. full-point full PPR. Uh, the concern with Howard is that is the same one I've had for a few weeks now, though I have recommended him a few times. It's just that I it's because he doesn't catch passes, the entirety of his fantasy value comes from scoring touchdowns. And I'm not sure Chicago's offense is really good enough to uh, make too many trips to the end zone or even really get in there. Uh, I, I, I'm going to play a bunch of Howard, but I'm every single one of those lineups is going to be paired with, uh, the bears defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the thinking there is, you know, green Bay's offense being so bad, it puts them close to the end zone closer for, uh, Jordan Howard, garbage time touchdowns. What a uh,
1: Mike McCarthy has basically kept his job because Aaron Rodgers has been his quarterback for ten years, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> right, right, yeah.
1: Like he's worth like it's just it's such a different game in there. So, uh, wasted, wasted fantasy uh, is this Packers offense right now. So, uh, let's go real quick, Scott. Let's look at some of the cool stuff uh, behind the paywall at Pro Football Focus. We were talking a little pre-show. It's forty bucks to get access to a whole bunch of articles. You get the grades. You get the cornerback matchup cheats. The tight end. I actually think in today's like DFS world, probably one of the better values out there for information. If you're looking to just kind of take your own research up to the next level, uh, talk for I'll give you a minute to talk about your big article, your baby uh, actual opportunity. I've got this nice big chart for everybody to look at right here.
2: Right. So I did a few things different this week. Uh, uh, the most efficient uh, player of the week was T.Y. Hilton, uh, who. Uh, turned 15.7 expected fantasy points into 34.5 actual fantasy points so he was the chalk but I'm not sure how great of a play that he really was Uh, he did crush on deep targets as we all expected because that's where the Texans are super vulnerable but a huge chunk of his fantasy points an 80 yard score came on just a simple five yard target that he took to the house Tyler Lockett. A little bit of yeah. a
1: fluky play there.
2: A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Tyler Lockett was the least efficient player of the week. Uh, I talked about Demarius Thomas versus Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, so in every single game, Osweiler started. They both played. Thomas averaged 16.1 expected fantasy points, while Sanders averaged 13.7. In 18 games with Trevor Simeon that they both played, uh, Thomas averaged just 15, while Sanders Averages 15.6. That's why you'll see, if you look at my rankings, Thomas uh, is significantly higher than Sanders. Though I've gone back and forth on this, I'm interested to see how bad Thomas's injury really is. Sanders, with Osweiler especially, becomes this high A-dot uh, deep target guy, and that's where New England has been most vulnerable this season, but definitely not going to play him unless Thomas's injury is significant.
1: Some of those Brock Osweiler passes from last week. Oh, boy. Uh, those <laughs> things were a thing of beauty.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: We don't have a ton of time. There's the Snaps and Pace article. We'll talk about this on some of the other ones. Um, but you can get access to all this stuff. You can get all the grades, which I don't even show you. And they're filtered really nice. You can go team by team. You can get lists. You can I think you can even download them to CSV to throw them into Excel and do your own stuff with them. Uh, it's $39.99. Uh, I think it's a pretty good uh, package if you're looking, you know, just for like a little bit next-level DFS analysis on your own to read some of the other stuff out there. So uh, with that out of the way, let's get back. Let's talk about wide receivers. I don't know if I really need to spend a lot of time telling people to play Antonio Brown, Scott, but um, I I wanted to note this. We always talk about Big Ben's home and road splits. Um, Did you know that his indoor splits – so these are in stadiums like – Dallas or Indianapolis so you know places with a dome or basically a dome uh, actually dwarf his in his home splits he's much better in a dome so now he's got a week off to prepare for Indianapolis and he's like an old quarterback that's always banged up I think this is kind of why I like and Bell the Steelers this is just going to be a complete annihilation of Indianapolis in my opinion this is going to be like the Rams last week where they put up 50 points and I want parts of this passing game and guys like Powell and Darkwa and some other cheap plays, I think I can afford Antonio Brown pretty easily.
2: Right. So I, I mean, I'm not going to put too much stock into the dome splits. Typically if it's a, a split stat that I can't, uh, you know, really just common sense come to reasoning why that is the case, I'm going to lean towards it being kind of a, uh, a, uh, not buying into it probably a small sample like you could look at odell beckham jr averages six fantasy points per game more in even week games than odd week <laughs> games so you can <laughs> well, just make it's anything
1: dumb. so a dome like it's indoors it's perfect conditions it's not cold in cincinnati in like week 16 i don't know i think i put a little <laughs> bit of
2: stock into it sure i'll, I'll like I'll, perfect weather conditions I'll, I'll give them a boost of like 0.5 fantasy points or something but, uh, but, yeah, Antonio Brown's going to smash. Uh, I have a big day projected for Ben Roethlisberger. Here's the reasoning for Brown, and then I'll give you the counter reasoning. Indianapolis ranks last in deep fantasy points per game allowed to receivers, and they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game to left wide receivers. Antonio Brown leads the league in air yards per game, deep targets per game, and he runs 53% of his routes from left wide receiver. Uh, definitely should be a smash spot. But because Tyler wrote a Brown, I wanted to give the counter argument and the uh, a different wide receiver because he's not here to defend himself.
1: Well, yeah, your are studs like a lot. If money's a thing in DFS, this isn't like a, what is it? Money ain't a thing. Is that Jermaine Dupree? <laughs> no, you got to have you got to have a salary cap. So uh, you got A.J. Green. And if you can't afford Brown, you just swap to Green and life's pretty good.
2: Yeah. So so uh, the, the case for Green is a case against Brown. Uh, Indianapolis has done a pretty good job of holding wide receiver ones in check. AJ Green had only 27 yards against them in Week Eight. Doug Baldwin only had 35 in Week Four. Larry Fitzgerald 21 yards in Week Two. DeAndre Hopkins had 86 last week, but he also saw 16 targets. So I watched uh,
1: Tom Savage targets though. Tom Savage. That's true. So
2: so five real targets. Fair <laughs> point. Okay. Uh, so I went back and I watched the AJ Green Green game against Indianapolis and he brought a lot of safety help help over the top for green. The safety would shift to green side of the field post snap on uh, the majority of plays, like almost every single one, but especially in the end zone. And they kind of did the same for Hopkins. Will that be able to stop Brown? I don't know. Probably not. It's Antonio Brown, uh, but I do know green is between 1400 and 1800 cheaper on both sites. And we do not have the same concerns for Tennessee. Indianapolis ranks 15th best in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game to wide receiver ones, while Tennessee ranks second worst. DeAndre Hopkins, 27 points. Doug Baldwin, 27 points. Jeremy Macklin, 18 points. Amari Cooper, 17. Landry and Marquise Lee both had 15 points. Uh, Also, uh, I I guess we're running – I probably shouldn't go too in-depth into this, but I'm I'm working on a model that looks at where – Wide receivers score most of their points by direction and depth of target. Uh, And a lot of A.J. Green's fantasy points comes from the intermediate middle of the field where Tennessee is hemorrhaging a ton of their points. So a lot of reasons to like Green, but also a lot of reasons to like Brown, for sure. You got
1: to think, too, after his rear naked choke, a second-round victory, like this is kind of like the squeaky wheel, I think. The last time we saw this was that Green Bay explosion game. I think it was week three. You got to think some of that's built into it too. So uh how about that? How about that rear naked chokey lead on Jalen <laughs> <laughs> He's Yeah, he's angry. He's got something to prove. He he's going the ball. Saturday night and was like, you know what, Jalen Ramsey, I'm going <laughs> um, I want to talk about one of my value receivers. There's a lot. We could talk about Marvin Jones hype. Everyone's going to be talking about Marvin Jones this week. So I'm going to skip over him. I want Sterling Shepard because when we get to tight ends – I don't know. I think you're a donkey. This is probably a hot take if you play Evan Ingram this week. So I'm on Sterling Sterling Shepard, the matchup. So he plays 85% of his snaps out of the slot. Kawan Williams, uh, this guy should not be playing in the NFL. He's probably going to retire after this game. He plays 98% of his snaps in the slot. So why don't we want to target him? Uh, On PFF, Williams ranks 112 out of 115 quarterbacks. He sees a target every 4.1 snaps. Uh, That's the highest ratio in the league, and he's allowing uh, almost a 100 quarterback rating when being thrown at in the slot. Uh, I talk a lot about that Pat Thorman pace article. Here's some tidbits from it. The 49ers are allowing the league's most snaps in an average of 30 points per game over the last month, and San Francisco is a volume enhancer. Their games average a league-high 136 plays uh, and even more during the last month. That's up to 138. So with all these plays, I like Darqua. I like Sterling Shepard. Those are the good matchups. The tight end matchup, not very good. We got to see where Evan Ingram lines up, but uh, I like Sterling Shepard. This price is too cheap, Scott.
2: Right. Uh, and you hit on all the things that uh, I would have said. He's coming off of a tough matchup to get the ideal matchup for any slot wide receiver. Um, I do think that they're going to be a, a little less good against the tight end with Jaquiski Tart and uh, Jimmy Smith both out. Um uh, Jimmy Ward I'm sorry um, oh, I didn't but, see
0: those now my
1: whole argument my whole
2: argument <laughs> you, just, you just crushed me on that but no but I, I I still agree with you I think Shepard's the much better play than than Evan Ingram but 5, I, I do
1: 500 think, on DraftKings it just
2: fits, I know. It fits Makes, everything I want to do his his like price tag rank is like uh 15 spots lower than where I have him in my rankings I'm gonna have him on a ton of lineups
1: all right, shoot a, shoot a couple guys. I mean, Marvin Jones, if you want to play, uh, is fine. I think the deep targets should be there. You got a couple guys a little bit more off the radar, though.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has a tough matchup against Jason McCourty, but the volume has been like Antonio Brown levels. So definitely you could see you playing him. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Devontae Parker, Adam Thielen. Uh, I could talk about any of these guys. Um, I'll I'll talk about Adam Thielen, though, just because I I haven't heard too many good arguments for him. He ranks fourth in slot targets. He runs 61% of his routes from the slot in games. uh, Stephon Diggs has played only five times this season, has a wide receiver scored at least 11 fantasy points against Washington. It's Doug Baldwin, Nelson Aguilar twice, Aldrick Robinson, and Matt Collins. 91% of those players' fantasy points against Washington have come from the slot. Uh, opposing passers are averaging a pass rating of 101.2 when targeting wide receivers in the slot as opposed to 53.0 when targeting wide receivers outside. That's the largest differential. One final way of putting this, they're allowing the six most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers and the fewest to outside wide receivers. They're a slot funnel defense kind of, also bad against tight ends. Phelan ranks seventh among wide receivers in expected fantasy points per game. The number drops only 12 in games Diggs has played. Uh, I'm expecting a big game from him.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, Robbie Anderson, that deep targets, Tampa Bay. I know Brent Grimes back, but that looks like a spectacular combo. No Curly. Curly's out for taking uh, – he was taking the uh, the same stuff that Brazilian uh, – or John Jones is on from the UFC, uh, whatever that was. So he's out for a couple of games. Um, but I like that. What about uh, – who is uh, – what's his name here? Adam Humphreys is going to get be kind of the talk of the town for 3,100. You got any hot takes on him? I don't know, six to seven targets seems pretty reasonable from Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's just how good are those targets going to be? I don't know if I'm going to need – I'd rather spend 4500 on Bilal Powell or Orleans Darkwa than take kind of what I think is a little bit of a long shot on Humphreys, even though, I, you know, there's a lot of pretty good reasons to use.
2: Uh, yeah, no, Evans, Claiborne on Deshaun Jackson. Buster Screen ranks bottom three uh among cornerbacks and fantasy points per route and fantasy points per target allowed grades out poorly um makes a lot of sense but at the same time it's still just adam humphreys uh so i don't think he's a must play in cash Uh, i will say i do think he is a good play but i prefer uh maybe someone like cameron Braid uh if i had to pick someone on tampa bay Uh, also sorry uh, one more stat is that outside of evans Humphreys has been Fitzpatrick's most targeted receiver this season.
1: Uh, Favorite Rams receiver.
2: Uh, That's a, that's a really tough one that I've gone back and forth on Uh, just pulling up my notes. They're super susceptible deep uh, which gives an edge to Sammy Watkins. He leads in deep targets more than double the next closest receiver. They're still low among all receivers. They're very vulnerable to where, where Robert Woods is playing. Uh, His position at the field, um, I don't know, probably not really playing too many of them this week. I think there's just too much uncertainty there.
1: All right, let's go to tight end. And uh, I guess you can just start off. If you have the money this week, uh, probably play Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I believe he's had, uh, I don't know if you have it in here, but I heard, I can't give credit to somewhere, but basically every time he goes up against Denver, I think it's over the last four games, it's just monster monster game, monster game, monster game, all the targets when New England faces Denver, they go to Rob Gronkowski and they go to running backs. They basically forget wide receivers are even on the field.
2: Yeah. So, so uh, I think Rich Rebar said it on a roto Grinders podcast. It's like Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Braid, uh, Brent Sellick, and then like, that's it. No, no other tight ends this week. And like, honestly, I'm, I'm completely fine with that. If I'm playing FanDuel, I want 100% Rob Gronkowski, All right, Maybe like 80%. but still like way too much, like too much to where it's dangerous uh he leads all tight ends and expected fantasy points per game with 2.5 more than next closest he ranks fifth among all receivers in f- actual fantasy points per game uh he ranks 18th in targets per game top 10 in red zone and end zone targets per game Denver Broncos that's a soft matchup they rank fifth worst in schedule adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends they are a, pat, uh, a tight end funnel defense. Mm-hmm. For two consecutive seasons, they lead the league in percentage of receiving fantasy points allowed to opposing tight ends. And a huge thing for him is Chris Hogan is, is, is doubtful for Week 10. Him and Gronkowski combined to make up sixty three uh, between 63 and, six, and 74% of the team's targets inside the 5, inside the 10 end zone targets. So if Brady's throwing touchdown passes, it is going to Rob uh, Rob Gronkowski.
1: Yep. You mentioned a tight end funnel defense. That's definitely in Denver. I got another one for you, but Denver too. Uh, This is from Sharp Football. Uh, I use that quite a bit now. I think it's really nice. Uh, They rank, uh, allow 40% of running back passes to be successful. That's pretty good defense. 44% of wide receiver targets to be successful. That's seventh best, but 56% of tight end targets to be successful. 27th best in the league and then you're throwing those targets to rob gronkowski come on i mean he's going to absolutely smash this week um i'm going to hit you with the most tight end funnel defense is my stud because i don't know i like rob gronkowski but i don't know if i want evan ingram i don't know if i want jack doyle uh can i interest you in kyle rudolph so listen hear me out on kyle rudolph so uh washington they allow the lowest success rate on passes to wide receivers in the league 39 percent uh, Jacksonville is at 40% to give you an idea on that while allowing 50 56% of tight end targets to be successful. 27th worst in the league uh, across the board. There are at least six in DVOA against wide receiver ones, twos and other wide receivers on football outsiders, 26 in DVOA against tight ends. He's got at least seven targets in four straight games going up against Washington. Uh, I think Rudolph, if you're if you can't afford these top tier guys and you're looking for consistency, is Basically, about the most consistent as you can get in kind of this min tier. I'll take him over Bree without question this week, Scott.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. Like I said, I think you attack Washington with uh, your tight end or your slot wide receiver. So I like Thielen and I like Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph has seen uh, between seven and nine targets in every game he's played following Dalvin Cook's injury. Uh, Redskins giving up the most receiving yards per game to tight ends second most fantasy points per game over the past two seasons. Yeah, I like it.
1: All right, so sell me. I know Breit is going to be, I did the cash show with Head Chopper uh, for DraftKings, and he liked Breit, and I don't know. I think it's a little risky with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and you still have a, you know, with Mike Evans out of the way, how are the targets really going to get distributed? Does Tampa Bay just get completely blown out of the building? I think that's certainly a possibility as well here. Uh, Sell everybody on Breit, looking at our ownership projections, projected to be a pretty highly owned end.
2: Yeah, so he quietly comes off of a really tough matchup against the Saints. Gronkowski was the only tight end to total more than 30 yards against them this year. But if we exclude that game, he's had at least 60 yards in all of his last five games, between eight or nine targets in three of his last four, a touchdown in four of his last six. He ranks eighth among tight ends in expected fantasy points per game, sixth in actual fantasy points per game. Yet he's the 13th highest priced tight end on on so him and Evans have each seen eight of the team's 28 red zone targets. No other receiver has more than three. So it's, it goes back to kind of that Gronk thing where, where with Evans out, he should be the safest bet for a touchdown in this game if there is one. And, and Vegas keeps betting up the, uh, the total.
1: Are you ready for the O.J. Howard troll week number two? It's coming.
2: <laughs> it's coming. Up. Maybe, maybe. Right. I mean, the, the matchup's good too, by the way. The Jets rank fourth worst. And schedule adjusted fantasy points for game to opposing tight ends.
1: Uh, you you mentioned Selleck twenty five hundred uh, as a really cheap value uh, tight end. David Njoku's twenty six hundred. These are guys Selleck. There's just nobody to catch passes in San Francisco other than Carlos Hyde. So I think Selleck by default is probably going to get like six or seven targets. Uh, I want to hit you with Austin Hooper. You got Julio limping around. He's three K and DK. Dallas not very good against the tight end. He played eighty three percent of the snaps last week. Uh, Dallas, you look at sharp football. 54, 54% of tight end targets are successful. That ranks 26th uh, in DVOA. Dallas also 26th over on Football Outsiders. Uh, I know he's not a sexy name, but he's 3K. If they're going to throw the ball and Julio's limping around out there, you got Freeman who off the injury report, but I don't know if he's really 100%. I don't know. Call me crazy. I think Hooper's a nice tight end play this week, Scott.
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. You've seen between six and nine targets in four of his last five. Dallas is allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to tight ends over the past two seasons. Their numbers look a lot better this year, but the only tight end he faced who wasn't wasn't injured starting his first career game or ranking outside of the top 30 in fantasy points per game was Travis Kelsey, and he put up 20.3 against them last week.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Hooper's a pretty good one. Uh, what do you got for duds? I had a whole spiel on Ingram, but you already dissed me, so I'm going to save face, and I'm not going to spit out any of these statistics because uh, they might not make much sense here. Uh, looks like you don't like uh, Charles Clay possibly coming back this week. You got anybody
2: else you don't want to use? Yeah, it's just the same thing uh, I just mentioned about the Saints matchup. Uh, c- can I give you my dud on wide receivers? Because do it. Do I, it. I think it on. needs to happen. End second. End second. Uh, oh no it's Keaton Allen man you, you guys are all wrong I don't know why you keep talking about but I'll, I'll tweet about it
1: Jacksonville uh you always take the out on wide receiver no uh, wide receivers against Jacksonville so uh uh I had a fun time filling in for Tyler uh we'll see him back next week uh and for Scott I'm Britt thanks everybody for watching uh we out you